Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that because you're already listening to a podcast. My name is Greg Jackson. I'm a PhD holding historian, a professor, and the creator of History That Doesn't Suck, a podcast that makes legit, seriously researched American history come to life through entertaining stories. Join me for a chronological telling of the United States story, from the revolution to fractious civil war, tenacious inventors, brave reformers, and more. With more than 100 episodes, you can already binge listen your way from 1776 to the early 20th century. Listen to History That Doesn't Suck on Spotify. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Let me just say, I love our dogs, the two pugs that we have, Mm -hmm. Banjo and Willie. They're great. But uh, they make it very hard to do a podcast because they will not allow us to be in a room by ourselves. (laughs) This is true. And they shed on everything. And they shed, that's S-H-E-D, on everything. Um, and they shit on everything, too, actually. That's true, yeah. You didn't have to be no. specific about that. I guess not. Um, but, yeah, we can't we can't go in another room without them uh, getting all upset with us. Um, and right. we have to share our marital bed with them. It's true. Which is really awkward. Yeah. No, they get real mad if we kick them out of the room, and then uh, they spite poop on the floor. <laughs> they spite poop when we make love. That's not real sexy. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do it, and then uh, who cleans up the poop afterwards? <laughs> that's a sentence I bet you never thought you'd say. Uh, maybe when you get a little older. I suppose. That's that's always the case. Hey, welcome to the Box of Oddities. Um, <laughs> it's a podcast where we talk about things that interest us. Uh, we surprise share a story with each other and with you. Um, our website, by the way, is theboxofoddities.com. There you can find all of our social media contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could, there's you know connections for you to subscribe to the show and do all that kind of stuff. So Right, and we hope that you do. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, two stories today. You do one, I do one. That's how we, how we roll. Uh, who's going to go first today? I don't know. We have a habit of not figuring this out beforehand. And then... Um, I don't know. We've been just using things that we have around. Yeah, we've used, uh, we've spun the fetal pig in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, we've flipped the werewolf book. The blue glass head the we blue, used once. We've spun the blue glass head. What other kind of weird things do we have lying around here? Uh, <laughs> you have uh, one of David Letterman's ties. I do have <laughs> one of David Letterman's ties. I don't know if I want to throw that in the air or not. No, probably not. We'll just look at it. Okay. Okay, you go first. Okay. That's, that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> we have to pay homage to David Letterman's tie. I think that we should every episode. A moment of silence. Just please bow down. Um, yeah, sometime, sometime I'll tell you the story about how, how we ended up with that. But today's not the day. It's fun. No. Um, all right, so we're just going to get into it. All right, so imagine a row of eight cats tightly packed into individual cages, wedged along a keyboard, uh, their tails pinned down, pulled taut, and with the touch of a key, a mechanism slams down a nail onto the cat's tail so that when the keyboardist plays a tune, the cats, which are arranged according to the pitches of their yowls, will cry in pain in musical harmony. Real cats? Real cats. That's... It's called the Cats in Clover, and that's what we're discussing today. This is a musical instrument of it sorts. It is a musical instrument of of sorts. And um, an animal torture device. So historians aren't sure when the uh, Cruel Kitty keyboard was invented. Many credit a guy named Kircher with the original design and said that it was a, um, a solution to the, the Mopey monarch. It was something that was uh, imagined to amuse royalty, essentially. And to, 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 to brighten their day. Right. Now, there's no official record of this cat organ actually being built, but it is described in literature as a bizarre concept. Um, it's uh, used to, um, you know, to bring joy to people through the horrible, horrible sounds of cats yowling. Which... Oh, my God. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this? I've never heard of this. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. If you, it's uh, originally was referred to as the Katzenklaven, and there are uh, stories of one being built, but instead of using cats, it was pigs, and that was very strangely used to, uh, or the idea of it was used to mock the poor somehow because these. The idea was if you have so many pigs to use in such a frivolous uh, way, frivolous way, and you don't even have one to eat, ha 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 ha. That's a great way to endear yourself to the audience. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why some people have had a problem with monarchies <laughs> in the yep, past. Yep. I'm just <laughs> saying. Um, so when uh, the King of Spain, Philippe II, was in Brussels in 1549 visiting his father, each saw the other rejoicing at the sight of a completely singular possession. At the head marched an enormous bull whose horns were burning, uh, between which there was also a small devil, which I don't know exactly what they mean by that. Uh, behind the bull, a young boy sewn into a bearskin rode a horse whose ears and tail were cut off. Now, this is just the the French writer describing this horrible story, this this situation that he imagines would delight royalty. And so he he wrote a book on how to please royalty. These are his suggestions. These are his suggestions. To bring a smile to the monarch's lips. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. So the instrument was described by a German physician as well. His name was Johann Christian Riel uh, for the purpose of treating patients who had lost the ability to focus their attention. So <laughs> just see, again, it's a long way to go, I think. 
to uh, to meet a very strange goal. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. What year was this? The, this was uh, uh, Christian Real. Uh, sorry, Johann Christian Real lived uh, between 1759 and 1813. Right. Um, he believed that if they were forced to see and listen to this instrument, it would inevitably capture their attention and they would be cured of not being able to focus on stuff. Um, I'm guessing the idea was like, I mean, they didn't know what ADHD was in the past. But, they didn't have Ritalin. Right. Right. Um, so they thought, let's make a torture device for cats. That'll help. That we can put to music. So, so yeah. I, I'm picturing in my head... The cat version of the singing dogs doing jingle bells? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of like that, but horrible. Mm. But just, just horrible. And it's actually brought up in citations about this was um, the jingle cats, uh, the here comes Santa Claus, you know, cat, uh-huh. cat's claws. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's also a, a guy who recreated a cats and cloven of sorts, uh, but instead of using cats, like real cats, he put together a piano of squeaky cats. I think I saw this. All right, and he actually did perform for royalty. Um, there's a video <laughs> on YouTube of <laughs> Prince Charles in a f- fit of giggles listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, as performed on the squeaky toy cat organ. Now that I hear this, maybe this isn't such a bad idea. It does make me happy. Uh, the uh, the guy performing is uh, called Henry Dagg, and he created this organ out of 16 kitty squeaky toys, uh, which is much better than the cats and clavier, clavier, clavier that actually uses real cats, real cats and stabs them in order to achieve music, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm. by way of screeches. How long ago did he make the uh, squeaky cat thing, and where can I get one? That was in 2010, and I think that we can probably just make one if you're feeling ambitious. Well, we do have an entire wash tub full of uh, squeaky dog toys. That's true. Maybe we could do something with that. I bet you we could. If that brings you joy, you are my royalty, and that is my goal. Ew, you're gross. <laughs> So that's that's I mean, I know it wasn't it's not a long story, but it's something that I saw and I couldn't not share with you. That's amazing. It's the the cats and clavier. I'm not sure how to pronounce it because it was, you know, foreign. Let's call it the cat organ. <laughs> it's foreign. We are such Americans. Them's talk weird. How big a contraption was this thing? How many cats did you say initially? The um, real cats? That would vary. Uh, because there's 88 keys on a piano. Again, to to reiterate, there's no proof that this was ever actually built. It was a concept that came up several times during history uh, for joy and also for curing illnesses. But it, it varied based on whichever drawing you look at. And in uh, the 2010 squeaky toy version, there are 16. Boy, people in olden days were weird. The days of yore? The days of yore. Yeah. 
I want to hear this again. I'd like to hear Elton John do Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> on the cat organ? On the cat organ. Yeah. Playing the cat organ. I bet you could do a whole segment on really weird instruments. You know you could. What was the name of that thing that Ben Franklin invented where it was almost like playing the bowls? It was like spinning pieces of glass and you would touch it and play. I'm pretty sure there's something on YouTube about that. The glass harmonica? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Spinning glass discs on a common shaft that are arranged with lower notes to the left and higher notes to the right. A glass harp. Yeah, here it is. The glass harmonica uh, invented by Ben Franklin. Uh, and here's somebody playing one. They're playing the dance of the sugar plum fairy. So if you're listening to this around Christmas time, this will work out well. And the guy playing it is actually dressed like Ben Franklin. This is pretty. That's interesting. This sounds nice. I mean, it's no that. (laughs) Listen to them together, shall we? (laughs) I mean, the cat organ's clearly the superior (laughs) instrument. I would agree with you there. The box of oddities. It's not for everyone. All right, let's do that thing in the middle. Thing in the middle. Yay. Today's list, five weird things removed from people's butts. Number five, a jar of Folgers freeze-dried instant. It's the best part of waking up. (laughs) (laughs) With Folgers in your butt. A uh, 21-year-old in Tennessee uh, sentenced to jail when she w- arrived. They discovered a loaded gun inside her butt. Oh, no. Yeah. Nozzle in? I'm not sure. Number three, a Buzz Lightyear toy. To infinity and beyond. Number two, a vibrator. Okay, fine. Also salad tongs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, maybe they were using that to try to get them. Trying to get them out. Lost them up there. That's awful. It's awful. Oh God, I can't stop clenching. And 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 the number one weird thing found, or actually removed from somebody's butt, was a live World War II mortar shell. (laughs) Now, who do you call it? Proctologist or a munitions expert? A history butt. Not a buff, but a, a butt. you know. Yeah. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Oh Salad Tom. I feel like we could do much more of this. Oh, we could have done a top 100. I'm so upset. Of this. I'm so upset. Okay, let's move on. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can't Gilli- stop looking at it. Stop looking at okay. it. Okay. All right, imagine this. A woman named Juanita Maxwell was accused of beating to death 73-year-old Inez Kelly with a lamp in 1979. She has no recollection, no memory of it happening. Wanda Weston, however, remembers the incident with glee. 
She admitted as much uh, during a murder trial. Here's the thing. They were both the same person. Wait, what? Yeah. Both the same person. Juanita Jackson and Wanda Weston, the same person. I'm going to talk about dissociative identity disorder. So interesting. Uh, formerly known as uh, multiple personality. Multiple personalities, disorder. yeah. Okay. Uh, most of this information I got from Ranker.com, which, okay. by the way, is a great website. Fantastic stuff. So anyway, Max, uh, Maxwell had been uh, apparently working at a hotel. She was a maid there. And that's where this uh, elderly lady, Inez Kelly, was staying. And according to Wanda, Kelly had borrowed her pen, but refused to give it back. And so Wanda went into the elderly lady's room and asked for her pen back. The older woman said, leave. And so Wanda Weston, the personality identified as Wanda Weston, beat her to death with (gasps) a lamp. That is such an overreaction. I mean, you say that I overreact about things. Yeah, but you've never beat me with a lamp or any small appliance. (laughs) Right. For that matter. Yeah. How they, now she was sentenced to uh, a mental institution. Sure. Instead of prison, but only after they were able to coax Maxwell's character out during the trial. Oh my goodness. They had to coax her out to testify. This is so strange. You've heard of the movie or the book, uh, The Three Faces of Eve. Yes. Okay. It's the real case of a Chris Costner Sizemore. Uh, Sizemore just died recently, a few years ago, I think 2016. She had 22 distinct personalities. Oh, wow. 22. And, and one of them was uh, Jane, who I think was identified as her root personality. Okay. That was the real person that, well... Who knows? You know, it's so subjective. Really hard to say. But when Jane emerged, it was not the end of Sizemore's suffering. Sure. The other uh, personalities didn't die. In fact, when one personality would go away, more personalities would take up the space. Sure. Here are some of the personalities that she had. There was uh, the banana split girl who would only eat banana splits. I feel like I can identify with that person. (laughs) I get you now. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Another personality was called the spoon lady who collected spoons. Okay. That's all she did. Maybe for the banana split girl. The personalities ranged in skill sets. Mm -hmm. Some of them couldn't drive, for example. Some of them could drive. Wow. It wasn't until after uh, four years of therapy. And I guess her last doctor, whose name was uh, Tony Sitos, uh, it wasn't until after that that they were able to start integrating the personalities. Oh, my goodness. The final thing before she was able to integrate all the personalities Mm -hmm. was that uh, she said that uh, it it looked as though they all joined hands and then walked behind a screen and then just disappeared and they never came back. That's so interesting how that is perceived because I don't know it's hard to even imagine what that must be like and feel like and that's that's really interesting well what's interesting to me in this case the individual perceives the other personality as outside of them right you know they witness them doing these things when in reality they're doing it right I mean in all the movies that you see uh, most of the time the they don't they see the people their personalities as other people and and that's sometimes used as the twist 
in movies. Right. I'm not telling you which one because I'm not going to spoil it for you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love movies like that. <laughs> With a mind-bending finish. The first well-documented case for what what is now known as uh, DID was studied by a guy named Erbhart Gemlin in 1791. And the case involved a woman who was uh, about 20 years old living in Germany. And she had just two personalities, but they were very distinct. One was the French woman and one was the German woman. And this is what's interesting to me. The French woman spoke perfect French, behaved like a French aristocrat. She knew about the German woman, Mm -hmm. but the German woman did not know about the French woman. Oh, that's interesting. The German woman, in contrast, didn't speak French, but spoke fluent German. Wow. She had a slight French accent, but they both spoke fluent languages, and neither one of them knew how to speak the other one's language. That is fascinating. I think the thing about this topic is... is as amazing as it is, is, you know, in the back of my mind, it's always there that so often it's caused by traumatic childhood goings on. And I think so, as much as I'm like, oh, that's awesome, tell me more, there's always this kind of pit of sad that lives when we talk about it. And I cannot help but think, like, what happened to that, that baby that would have made this this much of a, a reaction, this kind of self-protection have to take place. It's funny you mention that because um, in researching this, almost every single uh, case that I researched, mm-hmm. when they mentioned what possibly could have been a trigger for this, it was always childhood sexual abuse. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. And it reminded me of that, that uh, Sally Field movie years ago, Sybil. Yeah where that was the case. She had been abused as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, the woman who wrote that book, it was determined later that she made that all up. Oh, really? That that wasn't a real case. Wow. Mary Reynolds was born in 1785, moved to Pennsylvania. At the age of 19, for no reason, she just, she became blind and deaf. And it was like over, I don't know, like a few weeks, six-week wow. period. Three months after that, she forgot how to read and write. Oh, my goodness. And she ultimately, I guess, retaught herself how to read and write while she was blind and uh, and deaf. Then all of a sudden, her demeanor changed, and uh, she was described as witty, enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. buoyant, fond of company. She loved nature. She just seemed like a very peaceful, happy, buoyant person. And that lasted for about five months, and then she changed back to blind and deaf and couldn't read and write. Oh, my goodness. And this would continue until about the time she reached her mid-30s, when the second personality, the buoyant, witty one, Mm -hmm. took over, and she lived as that until she died in her early 60s. That's so strange. Now, here's the most interesting one for me. Okay. This is what really piqued my interest in this. Do you know who Herschel Walker is? I know you're not a huge football fan Mm-mm. but okay the name Her- sounds familiar but it doesn't mean anything to me herschel walker was a very successful hugely successful in his day uh nfl and usfl football star mm-hmm. he won the heisman trophy he went to the university of georgia he was the most sought after high school recruit mm-hmm. when he was young cool. in, in the nation he was the number one choice he was recruited by university of georgia 
He had uh, amazing success there. He won the 82 Heisman Trophy. This is according to Wikipedia. He began his professional football career with uh, the New Jersey Generals of the USFL, which was a short-lived professional football league in the uh, early 80s. He was like the first big-time Heisman Trophy guy to sign with this upstart Football League, which, by the way, the owner of the New Jersey Generals was Donald Trump. Oh, really? Back in the day. I didn't know that. Uh, USFL folded. He went on to play for the Dallas Cowboys, National Football League, also the Minnesota Vikings, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I'm sorry, what you said, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Um, a, a business endeavor that Donald Trump was involved in failed? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Please. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Uh, he also played with the New York Giants, and he was inducted into the <laughs> College Football Hall of Fame uh-huh. in 1999. He played for a long time. He, I think he retired in like 97, and he started playing professionally wow. in 82. Wow. It was pretty wild. Well, come to find out, after he retired, that was just one of his personalities. It was the personality that was known as the hero. So did he switch back and forth yeah. between personalities during that time when he was playing football? Yes. But <gasps> that he, must have been horrible. How he became such an amazing athlete was this personality would take over mm-hmm. and cause him to push himself to this point. Sure. And I think he, he, no, he called it the warrior. The warrior. The hero was a different uh, wow. personality, but the warrior. And so the warrior took over. And caused him to become this incredibly talented uh, football driven, player. Driven, focused. driven, focused. Yes, he won the Heisman Trophy. Wow. He went on and had a great NFL career, or a pretty decent one anyway. And it wasn't really him; it was just one of his personalities. That's that's nuts. I mean, I, and I shouldn't say nuts or crazy in the you know because yeah. it's obviously that's our right. words that we use to describe. Sure. But just the idea is. Amazing that that you could ha- be dealing with multiple personalities and yet have that kind of drive and focus and I don't know. I mean, I understand so little about it that it's just it's mind blowing. No, I'm I'm very aware of Herschel Walker's career. He sure. was a, a great NFL star mm-hmm. and had no idea that that really wasn't his primary personality. As a child, he was overweight. He had a speech impediment, and he thinks that's when he first developed this as a as a coping mechanism. His warrior personality, highly motivated, and that was one of Walker's alters who drove his physical fitness and and football ability, according to this article on Ranker. Hmm. Another alter was the hero, Mm -hmm. and that was his public face when he would do interviews or when he would uh, do public service and that sort of thing. It was the hero that, that, that did this. And you know what? What's weird is the hero doesn't even remember the warrior winning the Heisman Trophy. Really? Well, that would be really hard to talk about it then in news conferences. Yeah, I would think so. You think that would, I mean, did people pick up on the fact that things were amiss? Nope, not until after he retired. Wow. Now, this comes from an ESPN article talking about an interview that was done on Nightline in 2008. They interviewed Walker's therapist, a guy named... Jerry Mungadzi, Mungadzi, Jerry, Jerry was Jerry. his name. Um, he had met Walker's alternate personalities during their sessions. He said, they'll just come out and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm here to tell you that Herschel is not doing too well. When he finishes, he would just disappear back within him and Herschel would come back out. 
So they were protecting each they other. Were protecting Again, each other. it makes sense if you come from a place of of abuse or or struggle that you're you're that's what they that's what they're there for. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Walker's ex-wife, Cindy Grossman, was married to Herschel for like 16 years mm-hmm. before she knew about his illness. It wasn't until after they were divorced that he was diagnosed, and she said, uh, well, that makes uh, perfect sense because each personality had a different interest. She said there was uh, one Herschel that loved ballet. There was another Herschel that loved the Marines. There was another Herschel that was fascinated and obsessed with the FBI. And then there was one who was incredibly a motivated sports guy. Gosh, that's got to be tough because you know you have a hard enough time keeping track of like one person that you're married to and, and yeah. their needs and meeting those needs. And then it's like, why do you keep changing? Yeah. <laughs> you love the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What? I've never. No. She said in this interview on Nightline, quote, There was also a very sweet, lovable personality. That's the one he told me I married. He told me I didn't marry Herschel, said his ex-wife, Grossman, who later in the interview recalled a conversation with with Herschel. And the next thing I knew, he was kind of raged and he got a gun and he put it to my temple. Oh, my goodness. And that's when she said, I'm out. And she left. And apparently this was the uh, breaking point for him because... He started playing Russian roulette with himself and didn't remember doing it. That's scary. And here's the weird thing. Well, it's all pretty, pretty strange. His father didn't know about it. He said, nobody knows Herschel as well as I do. I raised him and I had no idea. And his uh, football coach had no idea. He wrote a book called uh, Breaking Free, which I plan on reading because this just fascinates me. Just fascinates me. Because oftentimes you hear about people who suffer from these um, ailments mm-hmm. and it ruins their life. Sure. At, which is understandable. Yeah. But in this case, for a while anyway, his personality made him a huge football superstar. Right. Well, that doesn't mean that his actual life wasn't in shambles. I mean, he's pointing a gun at his wife. Yeah. It, well, so, it ultimately got to that point. That's right. why I said for a while. Right. You know, yeah. when he, uh, it just, you, you don't hear about stories like this where an alternate personality will drive them to um, incredible success. Well, I'm sure it happens, sure. but this is the first time I'd, I'd ever yeah. heard of this. Yeah, that's amazing. And so he's he's doing well now, and uh, his uh, his book is available, Bre- Breaking Free. I'm going to check that out, and I'll let you know when I find out. Yeah, we should, we'll put links to it. That's pretty much all I have, and it's probably just as well because I hear the dogs whining at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, just leave us alone! (laughs) Banjo and Willie. We'll put pictures of them on our social media pages, too. I'm sure you'll love them. Uh, That was really interesting. Isn't it fascinating? It is. The human mind is just so misunderstood, and there's just so much about it that we have no idea. We don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's the ocean. It's the ocean? Yep. It's just, we don't know what's going on in there. Oh, in the depths of it's the... It's dark yeah. and deep and... Scary. Scary and confusing, mm. and I don't get it. But, I don't know what's going on in there. But it can lead one to win the Heisman Trophy, apparently. Apparently. So, yeah. So can the ocean... <laughs> Sorry about that. Theboxofoddities.com is our website, theboxofoddities.com. You can hook up with us, uh, social media, on that page. Uh, You can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, We have a video version of the podcast on YouTube. All that stuff is is available. So we 
urge you to, to do that. Also, if you have an idea of something you'd like us to look into. Yeah, you can email us uh, or... The curator. The curator at curator at theboxofoddities.com. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Keep waving that freak flag. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those of whom I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The Box of Oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True. That is, two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story the big picture questions, and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.